staying safe out here in this coronavirus. Hopefully you're following the six feet rule and hopefully you're just uh, enjoying these podcasts that we keep putting out. Um, so always with me is my boy Wes Medeiros. And you know, we're just two guys who like to sit on the back pew at the church and talk about sports. So guys, if you don't know, uh, we do have a, uh, we had a former UAB, UAB Blazer, Georgia Bulldog, and Minnesota Viking player, linebacker, uh, join us for a podcast. We had a great time talking to him. I mean, Wes can chime in on it. We could have talked to this man for hours. For hours. So hopefully all y'all will tune in uh, and listen to it. Um, I'll still leave the name a surprise. That way when you see it or you hear the name, you'll be surprised. So, but guys. So hold on. Just to let y'all know, you'll probably hear the interview before you hear this podcast. Because by the time uh, I'm putting it out on Monday, this podcast will probably come out on Wednesday. So you'll probably uh, hear that one before this one. <laughs> well, if you don't hear, if you hear this one first, go back to Mondays go. and listen to it, and then you'll know. Then you'll know. <laughs> but um, so Wes, as the big news right now is one of the big name or one of the big free agent quarterbacks that was out right now is now off the market. He signed a one-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. And Ooh. that is Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. The Red Rocket. Pew, pew. How uh, do you, what, what's your thoughts? Um, so, I think him going to Dallas, he could definitely challenge Dak for a starting position for sure. You know, I still stand by, I think, since he did him wrong by drafting Burrow. You know, he's not a bad quarterback. You know, he hasn't had the weapons around him. A.J. Green's been hurt forever. He just hasn't had the weapons around him. But I think going to Dallas is good for him. And good for him to get a new start. And like I said, I think he's going to be able to challenge Dak for for the QB1 position out in Dallas. I, I agree with you. I think he will. I think he will. Uh, if not, at least push Dak to hopefully maybe become better. Maybe they're trying to send Dak a message. Uh, you know, Dak is still trying to hold out for the money, the contract that he don't want, or the <laughs> contract that he wants, because thirty-four dollars support his family. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand that. But uh, Dak over here is trying to play hardball, trying to get his money. But my thing about Dak though is Dak hasn't earned it. That everybody says, look at Dak. He's won all these games. He has the second best record behind Tom Brady. Oh, oh, have the second best record behind Tom Brady. But he's also but, had the best line in NFL. Has one of the best running backs in the NFL. Has a great receiving core. Like exactly. But also, let's think about this though. Last year, when he played Tom Brady in the Patriots, he couldn't get in the end zone. No, they lost nine six. I mean, the Patriots couldn't either. But he still had a shot to get his team in the playoffs and choked in Week 17 against the Eagles. Choke. So, I mean, this man, we talk about, we can sit here and say, oh, he has the best win percentage behind Tom Brady. But Tom Brady's also got two or three Super Bowls since Dak's been in the league. Yeah, Where's Dak yet with that? Dak hasn't even been to a Super Bowl. Man. I don't know. That's like comparing anybody with Michael Jordan. Like, you just can't do that. You don't compare Dak and Tom Brady. Like, you don't compare Jordan and Kobe. I mean, you do compare Jordan and Kobe. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you just don't do that. Like, they're their own entities. They play on different teams. They have different styles. They have different players around them. Like, it's just a different entity in all. Yeah. It's kind of – it's really kind of like pairing Michael – you can't because he won. He won an NBA title. It's, it's kind of like comparing Michael and Charles Barkley. Yeah, Charles Barkley was good. He was great. He was the MVP, but he never won a ring. The greatest player to never, never wear a ring. So and right now, Dak can do all the stuff in the regular season, but when it's down to when it matters, 
He's not been successful. The Cowboys haven't even been to a NFC Championship game no. with Dak and quarterback. So, how can you say Dak deserves his money? Not uh, and even got his team to an NFC Championship. No, and they just picked up CD Lamb too. So that is give Dalton even more weapons to be able to beat Dak out. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's it's crazy to look at. It's kind of the Cowboys are the almost the exact opposite of the Green Bay Packers and what the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they the the Packers didn't give Aaron Rodgers any weapons. No, and then they go and the Cowboys give Dak all the weapons. Yeah, and then Green Bay didn't give like you said Rodgers any weapons. Then go and draft Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State. Like what in the world? You gotta say, I mean, Green Bay's another another team that like I'm confused with. You have a man who <laughs> is arguably the goat at talent wise of the NFL. Yeah, like strong arm, good mobile, good mobility, smart. You know, yes, he may be hard to work with, but hey, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he knows what it takes to win. And guess what? He doesn't have another receiver outside of Devontae Adams. No, and, a they, legitimate run, and a legitimate running back. He don't they have got a rid legitimate of, running back. They got rid of Jordy Nelson. They did. They got rid of Cobb, his other favorite weapon. Yeah, like, I don't understand what they're doing in Green Bay, but, you know, hey, it ain't my team. Yeah, that's true. It ain't my team either. Which I'm not too but, happy I mean, with my team's draft picks, but, you know, hey. You know, yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, if my team, you know, we can't, I don't know what we're doing. We can't draft anything. I mean, I'm not mad with Marlon Davidson. That was a good pickup, but A.J. Terrell, who got burned in every play against LSU in the National Championship game, like, come on, Atlanta. Yeah, I, I mean, I went back and watched some tape on Terrell, and, you know, Terrell kind of, he had a good, good sophomore year. Like, he played well against Alabama in the National Championship game the year yeah. before. But then, like the next year, you watch throughout the year, he gets burnt. He gets burnt at Duke a couple times. He gets burnt at North Carolina. Bro, the Carolina receiver called the ball before they even snapped it. Like I don't know if you saw that or not, but he called for the ball before they even snapped it because he knew that he had him beat. Because that's how crappy of a player he was. So we'll see. We will see. I mean, the only time will tell. Only time will tell about if Atlanta knows what they're doing. And and I saw where somebody said Atlanta should have drafted another receiver to combat Julio and Ridley. No, we no, we're good. No, what you should have done is you should have tried to find a running back. We don't know what girly we're gonna get, so you can't really say that. Well, that yeah, you don't know what girly you're gonna get, but then you also need a guy behind girly. Yeah, Swift. And, Edo Smith isn't the guy. No, no, Swift, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I know, but we didn't get him. No, he fell to the second round. Clyde Edwards E. Lair went before him. Yeah, I think everybody watched Alabama tape on him because that was the game that he just, he had a great game. The, yeah, he, whatever. He had over 130 yards rushing against Alabama. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. But, you know, Going, moving on from, you know, the NFL. Well, not really moving on from the NFL, but moving on to another team in the NFL. And another player. Actually, another player to be exact. Cameron, take the money and run, Newton. <laughs> is still left. Do you think he falls to the Patriots? What, what do you think the odds that he ends up in New England? What do you think the odds are for that? Man, I don't know. I hope not. One, because I hate New England. Two, because I hate Cam Newton, so that would just be an ultra-hatred. But I don't think he'd be a good fit in New England, man. He's too he's too all about himself. He's too all about Cam Newton. He's not going to fall into the Belichick way. He's not the quarterback that New England runs on. Like They look for pocket quarterbacks, which is Stidham's going to take this team. And if y'all are in the Facebook group that... You know, Backroads Force Podcast Facebook group. You know, there was an AFC evaluator who came out and said that 
he thinks New England's going to tank this year to be able to get Trevor Lawrence next year in the draft, which makes <laughs> sense because Lawrence is that typical New England quarterback, that pocket passer who, who can get out if he needs to, but he looks to pass before he tries to run. And Cam Newton, I feel like, you know, he tries to run before he passes. So I don't think he fits in that New England play style. And plus, him being all about himself, him and Belichick are button heads from day one. So yeah. I don't I don't see Cam Newton being a good fit in New England. I agree. I agree with you. And I mean, uh, like Cam, Cam's like Cam's also been. He's only had one really good year in the NFL. Yeah. And that was 2015. And then they got murdered in the Super Bowl, and he walked out of the conference like he didn't know what to do. <laughs> So I really think, though, him losing in 2015, it kind of shook his confidence. He's like, I just had my best year. Yeah, and I lost and the Super Bowl. I, I lost the Super Bowl, and it wasn't even close. No. And so I think he I think he had a little bit of an uh, ego shock, and he has, not known, he has not known what to do since then. No. And so I don't think he should end up in New England, because like you said, he's a prima donna. He's all about himself. He's all about his popularity, who he is, and that's not the Bill Belichick way. No, he's, Bill Belichick is a guy. Is he, he'd rather have a couple stars on defense, you know, a pocket quarterback, maybe a a B plus receiver, a B plus running back, and then a good O line, and then rely on his defense. And so I think that's where Belichick is, and I think Cam, Cam to me would be better off if he would if he goes to another team. You know, I don't think he's going to start in the uh, NFL. He's going to have to have a he's going to have an injury happen. Yeah, no, I agree. So, but speaking speaking of quarterbacks and egos, the Saints went out and signed Jameis Winston as the backup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A day, a day after, they gave Taysom Hill a two-year extension. All right, so here's my thought on that. All right, Taysom Hill, they don't. Yeah, they use him as a quarterback, but there's no need to put that man out at slot. Have another Wes Welker type player in the NFL. Yeah. So, I, I, signing Winston, i say it was a good move for him because, you know, Taysom Hill isn't your your typical quarterback. He's He can play everywhere. He returns punts. He returns kickoffs. He plays receiver. He plays quarterback. He can literally play every position on the field. So, I would put, I'd have, keep Drew Brees, obviously. Keep J-Mo at number two. And then move Taysom Hill out to, um... Move him out to slot and have him play slot and then come in and do a wildcat every now and then, like they do now. Yeah. I'll say this, though. He said the right, like, from what I read, I read an article, and he said the right thing. He said he wants to put his ego aside and do what's best for him, his family, and his career and learn what it's like to be a quarterback and what it's like to be around a professional like not a professional organization but around an A plus an A plus organization. Yeah, because he hasn't had that. He's as soon as he got into Tampa Bay, he was the dude from day one. He hasn't had somebody to sit behind. He hasn't had somebody to be like, hey dude, chill the crap out. Like he's been that guy from day one. So now that he has to sit behind Drew Brees and has somebody to to mentor him, I think it's good for him. But you don't think he could have sat behind Tom Brady and did the same thing? I think with Tampa signing Brady, it kind of was a slap in the face to Jameis. And Jameis probably took it that way. I don't know. I'm not him. I don't know how he thinks. But I know if I was that man and I was – at Tampa Bay for however many years he was there, and then all of a sudden they signed Tom Brady. To me, that's like a slap in the face. Yeah. So. But I, 
what I would like to know, I wonder how him and Marshawn Lattimore are gonna get along. <laughs> I mean, for those of y'all that don't know, a few years ago, I think it was two years ago, he stuck his finger and caused a huge brawl in the middle of in the middle of a game in Marshawn Lattimore's helmet. <laughs> which, then, which then caused Mike Evans to blindside Marshawn Lattimore. So, like, I wonder how that, I wonder if that's going to be something, an issue. Like, I, that's because it's just interesting to think about. I'm sure Sean Payton was like, hey, man, like, kind of laid it out for him. was like, hey, dude, like, don't be you. If you're going to be you, you're cut. Like, we're bringing you here. This is your second chance. You know, you have Drew Brees, who can mentor you. He's probably one of the greatest to ever play that position. You know, here's kind of our guidelines. Here's kind of the rules. You know, if you don't follow them, you're gone. Yeah, I guess. I guess he probably, they probably had the talk. They probably talked to Marshawn Lattimore and said, hey, we're going to bring James in. We know you had history. But, you know, we were talking to him. We told him, hey, you can't do certain things. Um, past is the past. And maybe they'll be grown men about it and just let it go and do its better. Do its best for the Saints and the Saints organization. Let's hope not because I hate the Aints. I do too, so. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe Jameis can be that guy that goes in and blows it up. Oh, let's hope so. <laughs> but speaking of, like, moving on from the NFL – you know, we gotta get some. Uh, we gotta talk about some other sports topics that are going on. But it saddens me to say that in Williamport, Pennsylvania, the lights will not be turned on this year. Yeah, the Little League World Series will not be played. It's the first time it's ever been canceled in its existence. What do you do? You think? For some of these 12-year-olds who didn't get to play in the Little League World Series this year, do you think Little League should do something for them? For the, for the ones that decide not to, for the ones that, I mean, don't play on a high school team or a, or a middle school team because they might be younger or something, or they might be a grade lower or something like that, do you think Little League should allow a 13-year-old to play now? Yeah. So, uh, 2006, Northern Little League out of Columbus, Georgia, you know, where I live, where I'm from, they won the Little League World Series. And they had a really popular, you know, kid on the team, you know, Kyle Carter. You know, I'm sure everyone knows who he is, remember his name. You know, state champion a couple times for Columbus High School here. You know, he posted on Facebook about the closing of the the World Series, you know. And I didn't, but he – he was like, this is a bunch of bull crap. You know, only 192 kids, you know, get to play, get the opportunity to play. And it's two weeks. It's two weeks out of the year, two weeks out of their life that these kids will never forget. And now they're not going to have that opportunity. You know, I think they did it a little prematurely, honestly. Well, they canceled it because no Little League, not, not some states got their Little League season in. Or yeah. got so, had their season going on, but you had the other states who shut it down so early that they didn't get a chance to have their season. That's what I'm saying. So how we're doing it now? How Northern, where Lorraine, my daughter, was going to play, we got a, a email from the coach or a text from the coach who got a text from the president of Northern Little League saying, "Hey, if you have enough people to play in June and July, you know, then we'll we'll open the, we'll open it back up. You know, it's a possibility. So push it back." Push the Little League World Series back if you have to. I, but don't cancel because, like, these kids will never get another opportunity to play at Williamsport, and you're taking it away from them because they probably will never get another chance, you know, especially the the kids who this was their last season. I say just push it back. Here's the here's the only other kicker, and one of the issues that, like, I read when I read an article about it closing, the issue isn't the United States and the kids here. It's the other countries. It's the kids in the other other on the in the other countries, such as China or Japan or Chinese Taipei or even that team from Italy that came a few years ago. Like their little leagues haven't started back, and their little leagues probably won't start back. They've said yeah. so. They've had so many other teams on the other side of the world get 
canceled or postponed that they don't know if they're going to start back. So they can't just say, hey, we're going to host it and then only have American teams come in because then that's not really a World World Series because you don't have those other teams. So I do get it from that aspect, but I do feel... Okay, well then change it. Don't call it the World Series. Like, call it the World Series, but because of these circumstances, we're only having, you know, teams from America play or whatever, you know, have... Do something yeah. like that. Yeah, make say, it make an exception. You know, say say we're gonna have the Little League United States Championship. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and like and then, and then be, invite a few more teams. Yeah, exactly. Have have diff- have more teams from the regions be able to go. So have like the champion or, of that region and the runner up of that region. You know, go. Or, yeah, you could do that, or you could also, you know, because some regions have six states in it. Cut the regions down. Yeah. And then have different regions. Have different regions for one year. Do something to accommodate some of these twelve-year-olds because some of these twelve-year-olds are going to go on next year and play middle school ball, and they're not going to be able to play in the little league world series. Yeah, Babe Ruth ball, like senior ball, like like you said, they're not going to have that chance. And playing Williamsport is definitely a once in a lifetime opportunity, like for sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, they they I think. That they should go out and just host a United States championship. If you're worried about other teams from across the country or across the world, then just host a United States championship and say, hey, for this year, we're only going to have United States teams and take the proper precautions. Yeah. Have the kids, have the kids tested, like have the kids tested. Make sure you have a thermometer that can read them. If they have a temperature, if they're showing coronavirus type symptoms, and don't allow them in. Yeah, no, but for I, sure. But I will say, though, I mean, I got the opportunity in 2005 to go down and play. We finished one game short. Uh, we lost to Florida and Dante Pachette, who, and Dante Pachette Jr., who ironically plays for the Blue Jays now. Uh, we lost to him and his team, and they went on to go play in the Little League World Series and win it that year. And so I will say, though, playing in front of the fans down in St. Petersburg, Florida, where we played at, where we hosted the regional, playing in front of the fans was great. And so I guess that could be an aspect of, oh, the fans won't be there, so the kids won't get the true experience. Yeah, I mean, I could see that because, you know, you got the hill packed. I think it's at Lomity. You got the hill that's packed. You got the stands. You got the crowd. Like, I can see that, but still, I don't think them kids give a crap about the fans being there. They just want to play in Williamsport. Yeah. I agree. I mean, they got all the kids that want to slide down on the hill and all that, too, so. Yeah, I understand that, but, you know, let the kids play, man. I agree. I, that's what, I agree. You got to let the kids play. You got you to do something because you got to make You got to give something to make it up for these kids. Just like the NCAA is making up for the seniors this year in the spring sports, where they're going to allow them to play another year, and then they got some other some other stuff they're going to have to work out with scholarships and how they deal with scholarships and how they put them out and the money situation and stuff like that. You know that that is going. I wonder how that is going to work because generally a lot of a certain amount of scholarships. So the seniors that were supposed to be leaving that are coming back, are they taking up a scholarship spot for an incoming freshman? Uh, that's a good question. Or do they just say, hey, you got one year where you can have – because, I mean, I guess, too, though, I don't know. That's a good question because, I mean, being on scho- after being on scholarship, like, as a red shirt, at my senior year, I got hurt, had to have shoulder surgery, had my shoulder cleaned out, and I came back, and the coaches honored my scholarship for another year. So I don't really know. Like, that's a good question on how, how they – are going to handle the extra money? How they? How do they handle that? Does the NCAA grant the, grant the schools a little extra money? Does the schools grant a little extra money to the spring sports? Like, it's going to be interesting paperwork of what they're going to have to figure out. Yeah, I don't know. So, glad but, I don't have to figure that out. Yeah, I'm glad I ain't got to. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, just let them come back. Just, just do something. Just figure it out. Hey, figure it out. Hey, that's between you and your school. Y'all figure that out. <laughs> Y'all figure that. I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I got I got the year back. 
I got three years back. Y'all figure out the rest. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of stuff that NCAA's got to figure out in all sports. Um, you know, we've been talking about all the sports situations of what's going on, and some sports are trying to resume play. But there is a rumor, Wes, that the Las Vegas Strip is going to shut down half its block and allow NBA teams, executives, and players, and I think players' families, a place to live so that NBA could finish out the year out there in Los Angeles and in California because there's four or five different uh, arenas where all the teams could could, uh, go play at. All right. Here we go. Let them do it. Let them freaking do it. But the thing is, pretty sure the NBA has the most players that have tested positive for the coronavirus, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's my only concern. Other than that, let them do it, man. I need sports. NASCAR's coming back. You know, I'm pretty hyped about that. There's no, they're gonna race with no fans. Oh, well, you don't need fans at a NASCAR. Race. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So NASCAR's coming back. Pretty hyped about that. But yeah, I say do it. But like, the coronavirus started with the NBA. Then Rudy Gobert was the first professional athlete to be te- to test positive for it. So, I don't know, man. Yep. I'd love to see it, but also, like, they need to think about, you know, the NBA being the one that has the most confirmed cases. So I'm pretty sure NFL, pretty sure it was just Sean Payton, at least that's all I can remember, that tested positive for it. It will be, I don't think there really has been any from what I've seen. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like you say, like, uh, you have, they're going to have to take other precautions. They're going to have to have all the players tested before they do it and say, hey, if you come back positive, we're going to play, but you're going to sit out for 14 days. Oh, I'd say longer than that just to make sure. And then in 14 days, we'll test you again. (laughs) And if you're still positive, you get another 14. Until you finally test negative, but then you'll have the issue of, well, owners or stuff like that try to pay people off to say, hey, he's negative. Playoffs are about to start. Got to have him. Yeah. So, uh, I think they just got, they're going to have to find ways to take proper precautions for it. Um, just, I mean, in the NBA, they don't really play much defense, anyways. So, <laughs> so just have all star games year round. Yeah, just have an all star game. Just don't. Whichever team scores the most points wins. <laughs> so, whichever team puts up 200 first wins. Hey. No time limit. No clock. Oh, dear Too God. <laughs> that would suck. I don't know. That might actually be pretty, pretty interesting. That would be fun to watch. It would be kind of like the NBA this year where you get the first three quarters. And then, hey, first team to 24. Yeah. Or first team to a 24 points from the highest mark. So Yeah. But that would be interesting. That, that would be – it's going to be interesting to see – what they do, how they're going to do it, how they're going to vac- vaccinate everybody, if they, or not vaccinate, but how they're going to test everybody, how they're going to keep everybody safe. And just, there's a lot of extra paperwork that's going to have to be done for that to happen. Oh, yeah. Just like right now, baseball is trying to figure out a way to start playing in June. Oh, please. Well, baseball has said that they're, they might, uh, let teams play down in their spring training spots and just redo the whole division where you have an East, a Central, and a West. Please. And, you just play, and they play like that for one year. But see, think about that, though. The Braves end up in the end up in the Central. I don't care. I need baseball. I do need baseball. Baseball will be fun to watch. And what they, would, what they said they would do is they would do 100 games. And then the team was the two, the three teams with the best records uh, would all they would figure something out where the th- uh, the three teams with the best record would be like one seeds and stuff like that, and every team would just play like a two, like I think it was like a three game playoff or something like that, or to get in, yeah, 
or a three game series, and the winner moves on to the next uh, to the next round until they have a winner. Yeah, no, that'd be fun. But no, they they need to do something. I need I need something back. Yeah, I, I do. We need one. We need some sports back. And then as long as we're also trying to figure out a way where college football doesn't get postponed or canceled in the uh, fall, we'll be all right. Yeah. God, man. I mean, I saw some. The Alabama president came out saying that they they're pretty certain that there's going to be college football this year. I hope so. Because then, what do you do? Because like, there's another paperwork. What do you do with those? What do you do with those seniors? What oh, you have to let them, you have to let them come back. Have to. What do you do with those freshmen? Do you grant them an extra year since they didn't get to play their freshman year? Yeah, just redshirt them. But then what about the seniors that graduate high school? So then you're bringing in extra classes or extra players. So then you got a what's it called? You got scholarship issues. You're gonna have player issues. You're gonna yeah. have number issues. Uh, so, no. I'm glad I don't have to of, figure it out. That's all I'm gonna say. Yes, uh, we'll say as long as I ain't gotta figure that out, we're good. But if they need me to figure it out, I'll come figure it out. Yeah, is it ladies? Give us a call. We got you. <laughs> yeah. I'll figure it out for you, and then I just want game. I just want free tickets to any game I want to go to. So all the Georgia games. Well, I want Bama games, so <laughs> I ain't worried about Georgia. <laughs> but yeah, no. I'll, I'll get one game from that. I'll get the Georgia Bama game. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> Both of them because they're meeting in Atlanta again this year. I'm calling it now. I don't know. Tennessee's recruiting class is looking pretty good. Boy, I need to talk to you about that. Do so you think? Know, do you I think Tennessee is cheating right now? That's what I was gonna ask. Cause like I thought they were in a dead period where they couldn't talk to anybody. Yeah, they're supposed to be. And it's funny how all these how all these players are committing directly to Tennessee. All these four and five stars out of nowhere this past week. They're not committing to any other school. Like you don't hear news of twenty twenty one. Five or five stars committing to Bama, Georgia, or any Clemson. No, they're all committing to Tennessee. So there's something. There's something fishy going on in Tennessee. Because like I thought they couldn't talk to people. So but I, hey. I know they can't do like official like in home visits or do like official visits, but I don't know about the whole like talking to. But still, like no kids gonna commit to a school that they haven't gone to, that they haven't seen, that they haven't talked face to face with the coach. Yeah. So, Jeremy Pruitt, what you doing up in Tennessee, boy? Hey, can you call? Hey, Jeremy Pruitt, call in. I want to talk to you about it. Right. But, I mean, you know you probably won't tell us your secrets just because you don't want Bama to find out. We'll get in 20 years, we'll get a Tennessee admitting their their violation from from 2020. There'll be a violation in, like, the next 10 years. (laughs) Coming to – it'll be called the corona violation or something. (laughs) So, but I mean, I don't know, like, I just hope, I just hope we can figure out this sports situation and figure it out, because, you know, I miss sports. <laughs> I miss I miss playing sports. I miss watching sports. I miss hanging out with people and watching sports. I miss going to baseball games. Yeah. And so, I mean, we got to figure something out to where... We can get some sports back. We can get back playing. We can get something going out. I mean, ESPN was working on a deal to get a uh, to get a contract with the Korean League. <laughs> really? Yeah, they were over there trying to get the because the Korean League's playing right now. That's crazy. They were over, they were trying to get a um. Oh no, it wasn't the Korean League. It was the Ta- uh, uh, Taiwanese. Sorry. Taiwanese leagues that they're playing right now, and they're trying to get an international deal with them to where they would get some of the profits from it. I was like, hey, let's get some sports going. I don't care if I have to listen. As long as it's in English, let's go. I, I don't even care if it's in English. I'm sure I can mute it and put on subtitles. Exactly, because I'm sure they're going to have John Burke commentating. We all don't want that. No, oh, we don't. We don't want him. He can... But... We gotta figure. Like, they just gotta find a way to get sports back as soon as possible. I mean, people are going crazy. Like, I understand we're starting to open up the the commute, the the, the states a little bit. Uh, like, I know, like the other day, me and Carrie went and ate at 
Olive Garden. It was at half capacity. There was like literally like a total of ten people in there. <laughs> but hey, it was still something new, something different. So I just hope that we can figure it out. We can get it all together, and then sports can start back hopefully by July. Yep. Uh, I agree. So, Wes, let me ask you this. Did Isaiah Thomas get robbed of the Dream Team in 92? Oh, man. I don't I don't know. I, if I knew this was going to be brought up, I would have looked into it. I don't know. I'm just asking you for a first thought from watching the last – from watching – uh, the MJ documentary, The Last Dance. No, then no, because the people that were on it were ridiculous. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask you, because I agree. Like Isaiah didn't get robbed. No, because look at the point guard that was ahead of him, Magic. <laughs> he uh, wasn't starting over him, and even you, even Isaiah himself said Magic was the best point guard in the league. Yeah. So, you're not going to start over him. Uh, you're not starting over Michael. No. The Dream Team even had my favorite Duke player on it. A lot of people don't uh, know that. A lot of people don't know that. Christian Leitner was on the Dream Team. He was on the Dream Team. I'm, he I'm, sat on the bench during the 5 on 5 big game. Hey, but still, he was, he was on the team. I'm going to find me that USA jersey. Oh, he was there. He was on the team. I, oh, we know he was there. <laughs> But, like, I mean, I keep hearing all these people talk about Isaiah Thomas was robbed. Isaiah Thomas was should have been on that team. No. no but I will say this about Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons. They're sore losers. Oh, for sure. They got, like, they beat MJ three years in a row, and MJ shook their hands and stayed on the court and did an interview. Yeah. But MJ beats you once, and you walk off the court without shaking the man's hand. And then they're gonna sit there and be like, "Oh, that was the way. That was the way the game was played back then." And like, no, oh, people have been shaking people's hands for so long. Yeah, that's what you it do. Just, it was just, oh man, we lost to MJ. I can't believe it. And then, or he's the greatest, and we're upset because we lost to him now. Bro, I'm so hyped for the new episode tonight, though. It's Kobe. It's a Kobe episode. I don't know if I can emotionally handle it though. Kobe. Oh, man. They're having a tribute to Kobe before, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to handle it or not. Forgot about that. Yeah. My boy Kobe. Mamba. Mamba. But, you know, like I've been watching this documentary, and there's been some interesting facts, some interesting things about Michael, some interesting things about the teams he's played on. Like Dennis Rodman. Asking can, for a two-day vacation. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I don't know if anybody's going to ask for a two-day vacation during the middle of a season. They gave it to him. They did. No, I don't even think it was the middle of the season. It was for, like, game four, wasn't it? I thought it was the middle. I thought it was right before the middle, right before the right before the playoffs. It might have been. I don't know, but still. Because Michael was worried he wasn't going to come back. He didn't. They had to go get him. Michael had to go to his town and say, get your butt. <laughs> and so I mean I don't it's brought a lot of light though about what Michael had to go through oh yeah and stuff like that so The Last Dance is phenomenal it is and supposedly there will be a Kobe one too really cause supposedly from what I heard and seen from people Kobe had his final season documented oh man so, it could end up being a 10-part series. Who knows? Oh, man. But, you know, we're looking back at it, and like I, I get kind of frustrated with some people because they talk about, they try to compare Michael and LeBron or, and all that. You can't. You can't compare them because they played in two different eras. Um, Michael... Also played in a little bit more physical era. There was no flopping. Oh, no. There was no little bit. He played in a more physical era. 
and then and then Kobe came along, kind of bridged between Michael and LeBron. But my thing though is I get really frustrated when people say LeBron was the best player in the NBA since 2008. I'm like, nah, he wasn't. I mean, you can see where they're coming from, though. Like, but he wasn't though, because if you think about this. In 2008, Kobe started that run for another three-peat. Yeah. He lost to the Celtics. He lost. He beat the Celtics. He had a chance in 2010 to play LeBron, but LeBron couldn't beat – LeBron and his team couldn't beat Dwight Howard and Hidu Turkoglu. Yeah. And then LeBron and them go on the next year – LeBron goes to Miami, teams up with another superstar who was still he was com- he was coming off his prom, but he was still in his prom. Two actually, Bosch and Man, I don't Wade. know if I would consider Bosch. He was an all star though. He was an all star for those two years that he was in Miami. I guess with LeBron there. Everybody on that so, team was an all star. He was an all star. But and then they go and get beat. Those three go and get beat by Dallas and Dirk, who just outplayed LeBron in the finals that year. Yeah. So you can't say that man's the best player in the best player since 2008, but he got outplayed in 2008, 2009, 2010, and 2011. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'd argue. Like I, and then and then the thing though is you think about this in 2015 Steph won the not u- unanimous MVP. Yeah. So technically Steph was the best player that year. Which I get it. They don't give the best. They don't give the best player the award every year. Oh no. They give it to the guy who had the best year. I get it. They give it to the most popular guy that season. Yeah. I get that. It's a popular. I mean, it's a popularity award. Everyone knows that. The best player on the best team. Yeah, it's a popularity team. award. Yeah. I mean, Russell Westbrook shouldn't have won it one year. He wasn't. He was. He, yeah, he averaged a triple double, but he wasn't. His team was a seven seed in the in the West. Yeah. So, I mean, nine, year, nine years ago today, um, D Rose won his, the youngest ever to win the MVP. But D. Rose was a stud. Yeah, so, too bad he got hurt. Too bad, yeah. Too bad he had bad knees. Yeah. So, it's been, I really, really do hope that we can figure out these, this coronavirus. We can figure out the, uh, this whole situation. Hey, breaking news, though. Well, not really breaking. But the Chiefs have reached a deal with Shea Patterson. Really? Yeah. Well, all right. Also, the Bears, the Bears are going to... De- also, the Bears are going to decline Mitchell Trubisky's 20, uh, 21 option. Oh, and the Jaguars are going to decline Leonard Fournette's fifth-year option. Fifth-year option? Yeah, they declined it. Um, hey, the Falcons declined Tack McKinley's as of right now. And well, we can go down but a rabbit I mean, hole about all this. Yeah, but I mean, my thing though, Tack hasn't in my hasn't lived up to the hype of the first round. You don't think first so? First round uh, defensive end. Okay, think about Tack. Tack was a first round defensive end. Yeah. Now, think about think about think about the two Bosa brothers. Yeah. Granted, those two guys are superstars. Phenomenal. Or they were they're phenomenal. But then think about Miles Garrett. Another guy who he Miles Garrett's putting up decent stats over he's still putting up better stats than Tack has. Yeah, no, I agree. So I mean I I think I don't know for some reason Tack and Vic Beasley didn't live up to the hype. Yeah, no. 
I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from on that. Because, I mean, if, if you go look at all of our defensive ends and all of, like all the defensive ends that were drafted in the first round, <laughs> a lot of them have lived up to a very good height. And Tack's not even at the midpoint of where they are. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't really say, oh, he's lived up to, he hadn't lived up to the hype of a first-round pick. No, I agree. Because, I mean, we sit here and talk about the receivers. Like, Julio, we traded 10, I think we traded five picks for Julio. <laughs> yeah. His, his has been worth the five picks. Yeah, no, for sure. Ridley, who fell to us, he's worth, he's been worth the first-round pick because where, where, where teams double Julio, we throw to Ridley. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just Falcons got to find a way to get better on defense. Oh, first, that's and, what I mean, cost us a lot of games last year. I think there's two good cornerbacks that are sitting out there. Uh, I can't think of one of them off the top of my head. But I know Drake Kirk Drake Kirkpatrick is sitting out there. Really? Uh, and all he did for all he did for uh the Cincinnati Bengals was <coughs> cover the other team's best receiver and win win a lot of those win, win a lot of those battles. Yeah. So and he's a taller corner. Yeah, no, he, for sure, for sure. So I think the Falcons should go out and try to get him. They need to get something to better their defense, that's for sure. We need some more corners. And then, I don't know what we're going to do at linebacker. We got a good core. I just don't, I don't like Duke Riley. He'll come in too. He'll come too. Because I didn't like him at LSU. And then. Yeah, but who do you like from LSU? Who do I like from LSU? Yeah. Uh, I mean. <laughs> See exactly. I mean Odell ain't bad. <laughs> but no, we we need something to um Patrick Peterson wasn't bad. I mean yeah. We need something on defense though, for sure. We do. I mean that's Falcons gotta find a way to improve themselves and improve who they are. And I think that's the thing, is and when Dan Quinn took over he specified defense, and he only worried about the defense. Because Kyle Shanahan took over the offense. Yeah. You have to get back to that where Dan Quinn says, I'm focusing only on defense. I'm going to have the defense right. I need an offensive coordinator that I can say, hey, you take them. You do what you want to do. And we figure it out, and then we can go from there. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So... I mean, it's really all. Uh, it's really all I got to say. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's um, we're about to cut into um, the last dance time. So, oh, one last thing though, the nil. All right, go ahead, Mitch. Go ahead and talk to him about it. So, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that the NCAA has passed an nil act which is players being able to get paid in the 2020-2021 season, so next year, in the or for their name, image, and likeliness, for so they can sign autographs, get endorsements, anything like that, and get paid for it you know, while they're in college and can make up to a couple mil you know, while they're in college. So, you know, like we said earlier, we had that interview with, um, with Jake Gaines, you know, We talked about that a little bit with him, you know, his thoughts on it, so, you know, by the time you listen to this, you'll know what he thinks about it. So we'll we'll let y'all know, you know, our thoughts about it. So Richard, my thoughts though is kind of like I mean, y'all will get off like he said. You'll get to hear Jake's point of view, and I agree with Jake on a lot of it. I think you're also going to end up running into a lot of other issues. Like he said, like he said, the difference between two sports. We all know college football is big. And then you get a star baseball, like college football here in, uh, in Alabama, Bama, Auburn, Georgia. But then baseball season rolls around Vanderbilt and Florida. That's the, that's what they thrive in. They have a lot, like Vander, Florida a few years ago had,
player named Singletary. He went in the first round. And then they had, and then Auburn had Casey Mize. But you think about that, though, is they're not gonna, their likeness isn't going to be as big because they have a smaller fan base because baseball is a smaller fan base sport. Yeah. So how are you going to differentiate what players down here, what, what, between sports, how are you going to differentiate the, the, the payment of players in two sports? And then how do you then how are you gonna differentiate like he said, you have multiple players on a team. So we'll take for example we'll take Duke for example. Duke last year had Zion, RJ Barrett, and uh Cam Reddish. Obviously the the third wheel or the the he still went in the first round, but Cam Reddish. His name wasn't as big as Zion's. His name wasn't as big as RJ's. But how are you going to differentiate the likeness of who players like best or who people like best and who they're going to pay more between Zion and your, Zion and another teammate? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. So looking into the NIL, though, it, it's weird. The laws and the rules that they have you know, established, you can't wear – any paraphernalia from your team. So, like, say, you know, someone from Georgia goes and signs autograph. They can't wear Georgia shirts. They can't sign anything with the Georgia logo on it. So, how are they going to, you know, enforce that? Are they going to have someone at the door be like, oh, you can't sign this from the NCAA? Like, there's a bunch of different things that's going into this that just doesn't make sense. Like, you can't wear your team paraphernalia. You can't sign team paraphernalia. Like, I yeah. don't understand I need to look into it more, but from like from the outside looking in, like it's cool and all, you know, the players being able to get paid, you know, I agree, but I don't agree. Like at the same time, I have like mixed emotions about it, but like you not being able to wear your team paraphernalia or sign your team paraphernalia, then what are you signing? A piece of paper? Like Exactly. Like what like so so what's gonna happen though? Let's just take this for example. Z- uh we'll take Zion. So Zion played at Duke. So he can't wear Duke. He can't wear anything with Duke on it. And then he goes to a press conference or whatever he does, and and people come in. Are you going to have like? Are you going to have somebody like you said? Are you going to have somebody at that door that says that can't be signed? That can't be signed. That can't be signed. But you can sign this. And then they come in with a, let's just say, a New York Knicks jersey. And he's not even know if he's gonna play for the Knicks next year. Yeah, and signs that. And then signs that. So how how like you said, how are they gonna differentiate with that? And then the the only thing gonna... the only thing I can see them doing is they have to you know approve it with the NCAA like the businesses and stuff like that. And then they have preset like pictures or preset things that you know the NCAA sends them to sign. But like, okay, like you can get the autograph, but they can only sign this stuff, like this priest, this stuff that we had pre-sent to us from the NCAA. I guess you could do that too, yeah. That just seems like a lot of like, work, though. It's, it's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot of work because then also, like I was talk, like, like I mentioned to Jake and how he went on to kind of explain to say though, what about like. What about kids? What about the other students at that school? Yeah. Like the regular students. I know nobody cares. I know, like, we sit back, we're like, we don't care about the regular students. <laughs> but you got a kid who goes out and is in the honor society, has a 4.0. Uh, one day is going to be a, could be a great scientist. And then he's like, nobody cares about me. Why should I bust my butt to do this when all these people, all they care about is helping athletes to get more money? Yeah. So I think they're gonna, there's going to be some issues and stuff like that. There's going to be other things like that that's going to be a problem. Like I, I don't, like this is my this is my take on it, and I know some of y'all get to hear it also in the other interview uh, in more detail. But I I agree with the fact that. If an athlete signs a shirt and somebody wants to pay them for that, 
That's fine. Now, what I don't agree with is an athlete getting a scholarship and then the school handing the athlete another three thousand, five thousand dollars on top of it just because they're gonna, they're just because of their popularity. Yeah. So, because like, that you already come to school, you're already you're already being paid to come to the school. Yeah. So you shouldn't get your pop just because you're popular or a great athlete doesn't mean you should get that extra special privilege of another five thousand dollars in spending money or three thousand dollars or a thousand dollars in spending money later on. I mean, and look at it too. Like, if it were to get past this year, where you know the athletes got paid for this upcoming season, think of how much Trevor Lawrence would make. Or Justin Fields, or anybody like at that level, like they're going to be making probably close to a million million plus. Oh yeah, in college, like that's ridiculous. Like you got, you're going to have, like you said, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Fields. You know, I mean, you're going to have Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase. Like, there's so many. There's so many guys, like you said, and Dylan Moses. He's going to be he's one of the big names in college football at linebacker. He's the number one linebacker in the country for next year's draft. So, I mean, what's the, what's the what's the payout situation for stuff like that and how much they get made? They can make, like you said, they can make up to a million dollars. Yeah. So, yeah. it is going to be interesting. I, I'm going to have to go read some more. On that, when they let out some more information about the the likeness of athletes being paid, and make the and look at it and see how they're going to differentiate stuff and how they got it organized, how they're going to say, hey, this, how much they're going to get paid and stuff like that. Yeah. But then no, what about sure. this What about a few years? Because then, because think about this though, Reggie Reggie Bush. The school paid for his family to stay in a house because his mom lost his, her job. Yeah. So, uh, is that gonna would that acceptable for a school to pay for a kid to have a house or a kid to have a car so he can get to and from practice? So, no, it's not the schools paying it. It's businesses. Oh, so at, okay. Yeah, it's like so it's, it, it's, it's like endorsements from outside um, businesses okay. like car dealerships, restaurants, sporting goods stores, like it's so, stuff like that. So. Let me ask you this though. So, we have the local one over here, Gills Auto Cell. Yeah. Let's just say, I'll just say, let's just say we had Justin Ross who came from Central. Justin Ross, he wants a brand new car. Can Gills just give him a brand new car? Yeah. And so, see, that's where you're gonna. That's where you're gonna run into other. That's where you're gonna run into other things, though. No, that that's a, that's a hundred percent how it is. Like, kids will be able to get cars if they endorse that dealership. Like, they come in, sign autographs. You know, oh, like if you if you endorse this, we'll give you this Charger. We'll give you this Mustang. Like anything like that. That's the point of this. It's kids being able to profit off their name, image, and likeliness. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, he comes in and says he wants a brand new charger. That's twenty five, thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, you go. all you got to do is come in, sign a couple of autographs. Once a month and sign autographs. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, but there's def- there's a lot that's going into it that definitely needs to be looked into more from both of us. Like, like I said, I just know the ba- the very like skim of it. There's a lot more that's going into it though. So maybe you know, we can talk about this maybe in our next pod. And dive in a little more detail after we've read over some more of the information that they let out. Yeah, for sure. Because we're, we're we're cutting into um the last dance time. <laughs> yeah. So guys, we just want to say thank y'all for listening. You know, uh, if you have any other topics or anything you want us to discuss, any other like maybe you have some robberies that you would like us to discuss from back in the time, back in the day, you know, stuff like that. We'd be more than willing to discuss it. We'll look up the information uh, and do what we can to dis- discuss it and debate it and talk about it. Uh, so just hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Back Row Sports. Um, 
uh, be on the lookout for our, our next our interview that's coming out with Jake. Uh, be on the lookout for upcoming interviews that we'll have. And Wes, if you have anything, go ahead. Yeah, no, you pretty much said it all. You know, Backroad Sports Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook. If you're not part of the group on Facebook, go ahead and join. You know, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of good discussions on there, you know. Trying to grow our following, trying to grow, you know, our listeners, you know, just something to have fun with, you know, during this time, you know, during this pandemic, you know, just something to let a little fun, you know, a little bit of sports going on. So, he's Richard Nason. I'm Wes Medeiros, you know. Hope to hear from y'all later. See ya.